In this episode, I'm talking about my sales explosion on Amazon. Hello and welcome to the Private Labeler Show, where we are dedicated to helping you take your Amazon business to the next level. Now, here is your host, Nick Landowski. Hey, hey, everybody, what's happening? Welcome to episode number 86 of the Private Labeler Show. Yes, thanks for tuning in, guys. I appreciate you as always, no matter where in the world you're listening. Just remember that you are somebody special. Yes, you are. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate you. And uh, hopefully everything's going great in your life. And uh, hopefully your businesses are just crushing. And uh, today is going to be a little bit of a mixed bag, kind of something a little bit different. Um, what I plan on doing is kind of giving you guys an update to episode 83 where I talked about all of the Amazon indexing changes and uh, kind of talking about what's happened since I've implemented a lot of the changes to my listings and backend search terms and stuff like that. So I'm going to give you a quick update on that, kind of you know what the results were uh, from those changes that I made and referenced back in episode 83 which I will link up in the show notes to this episode for your um, listening pleasure, if you will. And then after that, I'm going to answer kind of like a question or a topic that somebody posed in the Facebook group that I want to dive into a little bit. And then uh, a few other little things after that that I also want to share. So a little mixed bag value episode for you guys. So hold on to your hats. It's about to get crazy in here. Um, before we do that, just wanted to throw a plug out there for the Amazon Europe Private Label Summit event. Uh, I know a lot of you guys already registered for this because I did send out an email and also put a posting in the Facebook group for this like a week or two ago. And I, I don't think I really talked much about it on the podcast yet until now. So there's still time to sign up for this. Uh, it's a free training, le legit free training. Um, you can go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash Europe. That's privatelabelershow.com forward slash Europe. And as mentioned, it's free. Get signed up. Uh, you don't actually act, have to like fly anywhere to attend this training because it's all online, which is super cool. And it's going the, the training is going to be offered between August 23rd and the 30th. So I think they're doing each day they're doing different segments and there's going to be over 30 Amazon experts um, talking about how to get set up on Amazon Europe, dealing with things like the VAT taxes and product research and logistics and everything that goes along with uh, selling in that market over there. So even if this is on your radar in the near future or right now, uh, you're going to definitely want to attend this training. Um, I will definitely be uh, tuning in for a lot of it as well. So check that out, guys. Uh, again, super cool because it's free and uh, you don't have to travel anywhere. So privatelabelershow.com forward slash Europe. Check it, get registered, and get your education on. So let's dive into the fun here. So back in episode 83, so not that far along ago, um, I talked about what I was doing with Amazon keyword indexing, the changes I have been making over the past few months. Um, I was cutting down my listings dramatically, re-optimizing them, making sure all the keywords were super relevant, and again, uh, really diving into that back end and gutting everything down um, because obviously Amazon made quite a few changes on that. And I wanted just to give a quick update on what I have kind of noticed since then. So it's been quite a while up to this point, uh, many weeks since all of my listings, I guess you could say, were re-optimized and re, uh, redone, if you will, to kind of fit all of the changes. So again, that everything indexes that I want to index. And um, you know, I thought 
I, I've given it enough time to kind of see some results. And boy, oh boy, it's pretty darn awesome. Um, I have to say that in general, for most of my ASINs, sales are actually up about 10 to almost 25% roughly um, on just about every single ASIN since I had really um, kind of dove into each and every ASIN and made those changes. So here's the funny thing. Um, if you've been selling on Amazon for a while, you naturally know that uh, sales kind of dip in the summertime, in the dog days of summer, if you will, while the kids are on vacation from school. You know, the families go on family vacations, go to the pool, the beach, whatever. So sales naturally are supposed to dip in, in the e-commerce world. And um, to be honest, my sales have never been better. Um, they've never never been better really, like in any time of the year. So um, again, I was expecting the dip, didn't get the dip. I got a huge spike. Now, can I equate that to a lot of the changes that I had made? Well, I'd like to say that a lot of it was due to that, okay? So I just wanted to give an update that pretty much across the board, I couldn't be happier with sales. Um, it's just, you know, growing like crazy. And it's kind of led me to almost have inventory issues all the time as far as like sales are spiking so hard that, you know, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of frantically freaking out sometimes about keeping in stock on a lot of things. And that's becoming obviously a good challenge to have. So along with that, as you guys know, if you've been listening a while, I also wholesale some of my items to other websites and things like that. So sales have been picking up for that dramatically as well. So I have a good problem to have, I, it, you know, keeping things in stock. Sales are spiking um, dramatically. And here's the other thing. I hadn't done, since then, I hadn't done anything in terms of like external marketing. I hadn't done anything that would really cause sales to shoot up other than really dive into my in, in my keyword indexing and, um, you know, working on the things I told you I was working on. So I, I didn't do anything else to like, have the benefit of my sales going up. So is it a big coincidence? I have no idea, 100%, but I'd like to say that um, the changes that I'd made had been pretty much to get rid of bad keywords or just junk keywords. So what I did notice is that the conversion rates on um, pretty much all my ASINs have been going up and up and up. And can I contribute a little bit of that to just having more highly targeted keywords to have better traffic to obviously equate to more conversions and things like that. Sure, I think that that's kind of common or common sense there to really have that uh, to have that thought there. So I just wanted to share an update on that. If you haven't got around to making those changes yet, please do so. I'd be curious if you guys have any uh, results yourself, if you could maybe share those in the Facebook group. But I just wanted to report that. Again, I'll link up episode 83 in the show notes if you really want to take a dive into that as well. So again, I couldn't be happier um, with my sales right now. I'm obviously gearing up for Q4 and um, things have been great so far this summer and just things just keep growing and conversion rates keep going up and um, you know things keep building which is awesome so thank you Amazon you're awesome so let's get into mixed bag topic number two and this uh, I guess question I think you can call it that or just idea here comes from uh, Frank from the Facebook group and he wanted to know about getting product reviews and traffic building so I'll kind of cover that a little bit. I won't cover the the traffic building stuff. Like uh, if you're a newer listener, maybe you haven't heard me talk about this kind of stuff, but I've definitely done a lot of content on this uh, through the past however many episodes. But um, I'll share some general thoughts on product reviews because I do often see a lot of times in the Facebook groups, I'll see people complaining that, you know, they sold X number of units of their product and they only have one review or they're really struggling with this or not understanding why more people aren't leaving reviews. So again, I've done a lot of content on this, but um, let me share my thoughts and just some quick do's and don'ts to hopefully help you guys out. 
So my general thoughts are this. Uh, after doing this for a while, I know for a fact that, again, the better quality product you have, uh, the more awesome your product is really, the more likely people are to leave you a review because they're excited about the product, okay? So hopefully it makes sense. Now, on the other hand, uh, on the flip side of that, if you have a really awful product and people are pretty much pissed off that they bought your product and it broke right away or whatever, what do they do? They're so angry, they got so much emotion that they drop you know, 30 bucks on the product and it sucks. They're gonna go to Amazon, probably leave you a one or two star review, okay? But if your product kind of falls in the middle, like it's just so-so, um, no matter what you do, no matter uh, how much you try to convince somebody or ask them to leave a review, uh, if people just aren't game for it, they're not up for it, then they're just you know, not going to be as likely to leave a review. So if you've never asked anybody to leave a review and you just want 100% off organic uh, reviews or whatever, if you want a lot of them, your product has to be super high quality and uh, people got to love it. They want to you know, go to bat for you regardless of whether or not you ask them. Okay, So just throwing that out there. Sometimes when people say, oh, I sold 200 units of a product and nobody left me a review. Well, what if it was, you know, just a ho-hum product and again, nobody was that excited. But a lot of times you got to give people time. Uh, just because they buy something from you on a Monday doesn't mean they're going to leave a review for you by Wednesday. Uh, sometimes people will take many weeks or months to actually post that review. So give it some time first and foremost. But here's the thing. Here's some don'ts, I guess you could say. Um, don't ask friends or family to buy your products and leave reviews and stuff like that. Um, I just wouldn't do it. Amazon is way smarter than you or I, and more than likely, your friend or family is not going to even be able to leave a review for you, okay? Uh, if it does post, more than likely, it's going to get deleted very quickly, okay? So uh, I think it is against TOS. Uh, again, Amazon knows these things. Uh, I don't know how they know it. Got to phone Bezos and find out how they're snooping and finding who your friends are or whatever. But yeah, don't ask friends or family. Um, you can, but again, don't expect the reviews again to be able to stick. Uh, other thing too is avoid, avoid any sort of like insert card or sheet of paper in the packaging that, um, kind of pushes the customer to leave you a five-star review and stuff like that. From time to time, I'll, I'll see like either competitors or I'll see people post these in Facebook groups where like they'll buy the product of their competitor and on the inside of the packaging, the literally, like the seller will literally put like a crappy sheet of paper in there with like five stars on it saying, hey, leave us a five-star review, go to this link here, blatantly against terms of service. So you'll see some off-the-wall stuff. I don't know how people get away with it, but they do. Um, don't be one of those people, though. So make sure that you're flying within terms of service on Amazon. If you don't know exactly what that is, I suggest you kind of read up on it, okay? So some of it's kind of common sense, but don't do things like that that are so blatantly obvious just to get an extra few reviews, okay? So... Here's a few things that you can do or that you should at least make sure you have in play here to increase the likelihood that somebody does leave you a review. All right, make sure you have a autoresponder set up uh, such as like your Cash Cow Pros, which is what I use. I've also used Salesbacker, you could use that. There's like a million of them out on the market. Um, you can you know try them all out, whatever you want. There's actually, if you go to my resources page, I'll have links for Cash Cow and Salesbacker to check those out. Um, Another little tip there, though, I wouldn't just fly with their default sequences to ask for product feedback or product reviews. Um, I would cater or pretty much customize it for your customer and optimize it so that when those emails do go out after the customer makes the purchase on Amazon, that A, they're going to open it, B, they're actually going to take action 
uh, to what you want them to do, which is either leave feedback or leave a product review and just make it as easy as possible for them. So just by setting up a autoresponder, does it guarantee that people are actually going to leave your reviews? Heck no, okay? You have to be good at this and you have to keep re-optimizing so that way um, you will get an extra few people here and there that will take action and leave you some extra reviews, okay? So don't expect the world from these things. Um, but if they even give you a few extra reviews every now and again, I see that as being worth it. Okay. So check out like cash cow sales backer. Again, there's a million different other ones. Make sure you have that set up. Um, you know, you don't need to send four emails asking for review or anything crazy like that. Like, you know, really just one email or two emails at, at most asking for, you know, feedback or reviews, however you want to work that just don't overdo it. And, um, other, other things too. I mentioned this before, if you're really struggling to get reviews, you can pay Amazon 60 bucks in their Amazon early reviewer program that they came out with a few months ago, and they will try to get you five reviews, like your first five reviews. So you could try that if you're really struggling to get some traction, because um, obviously you need reviews, a base of reviews to get traction for your product, okay? So it just helps with conversion. If your product has zero reviews, it's it's gonna be really difficult to get, get any sort of traction at Amazon. So you usually need like a base of at least 10 or 15 before things start to get moving, in my opinion, uh, at least for most products. But just other things too. So here's, here's some other things you can do, and I've covered this before, but like if you have your own email list or your own audience of some sorts, um, and they're followers of your brand or your products or whatever, um, I know for me, and I've mentioned this before, my my audience goes to bat for me and I don't even have to ask them. So like if I have a new product that comes out, I can simply just tell them I have this new product. They'll buy it because it's going to go along with all their other products. And lo and behold, I'll have, you know, 10, 15, 20 reviews pretty much just like that. Okay. Without even asking really. Um, some people just post them automatically. Again, I they just do it kind of instinctually because they, you know, they like the product or whatever. Um, but again, if I control my own email list or my own audience, I could be uh, I, I could go out there and ask them to post a review, say, Hey, did you like it? You know, whatever. If you want to help me out, here's a link to, to post a review, make it easy on them. And you can do that. And again, some people, if they love the product enough, you know, they'll take action for you and things like that. But obviously you do never want to give away a product in exchange for a review that's discounted stuff like that, or a discounted product in exchange for review. Don't want to do that. If Amazon kind of connects the dots, then you could be in trouble. So again, review your TOS. Um, and again, too, you could borrow somebody else's audience. So if somebody else has a huge audience and uh, you got a new product and you need to get some reviews, so sales equals reviews. So you get, you know, push some sales out there and uh, hopefully you can get some reviews out of it. Again, just following up, you know, through that autoresponder sequence or just simply asking them, hey, help me out here. Uh, I could use a review. You know, don't obviously push them into, hey, you can only leave me a five-star review or you got to be careful on the language, of course. And other little things I do too, and I talk a lot, a little bit about this. Um, once the customer, once I get a customer on my own email list, not like an, not like, uh, uh, basically like my own Aweber list and things like that, when they opt in through my insert cards, um, I control that customer now. I, I can kind of do whatever I want with that. And in my sequences for my Aweber list, again, this is outside of the Amazon bubble here, outside of that ecozone, I can then send them a, an additional email and just ask for that review again or whatever I may might want to do there. And I can usually use whatever kind of language I want in that email because that's, again, outside of Amazon's world there. They can't police me uh, what I'm doing on my own. So um, that's what I do and it gets me a few additional reviews here and there by asking in my own world, in my own way. 
Um, a little things you can do. So like if you use a blaster launch service such as like like Zon Blast or Viral Launch or Jump Send or stuff like that, um, those services obviously are not review services. So what happens though is a lot of those customers are more likely to leave reviews because that's what they were kind of trained on uh, many eons ago when the terms of service was different. So if you use a service like that to give you a big boost in traffic and big boost in sales, um, basically when it, what ends up happening is you will get a pretty good review rate for those using those services. Okay, so you might want to think about that. They don't ask the customer to leave a review. Um, they you know again change their TOS on that or how they operate. But uh, if you if you need reviews, um, that's pretty surefire way to at least get an increased rate of people leaving your reviews. Because, uh, because again, in the past they were kind of trained to do so, so a lot of them just kind of do it, even though they're not expected to do it. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, now that that's just kind of the deal right there. But you can't, I, I can't overemphasize it. It's all about high quality products that that get the highest review rates. Okay, um, that's just that's just naturally the way it works. Like I have a product that's sort of an accessory to a lot of other products that I have. And it's a fairly inexpensive product. You know, it's not like uh, it's not like the the world's greatest product where everybody's going to want to rush to leave a review on Amazon. Uh, it's kind of a middle of the road one, and I sell thousands of these units. And um, you know, it doesn't equate to like a crap ton of reviews. Okay, so I have other products that are you know much higher quality that people are much more excited about, and they'll leave reviews no matter what if I ask them or not, or you know, however. So it just kind of goes without saying that I know for a fact that. You know, great products lead to great reviews and a lot of them. So think about things like that. So even if you have an okay product, you can always improve the quality of your product as time goes on. And thus, you know, the opportunity that people will leave you more reviews if they're that excited about it. So you should always be kind of enhancing your products to make them better over time anyways. So hopefully that answers kind of your question there. I kind of just covered some random, random uh, opportunities there for getting product reviews uh, to get you going. And uh, just, just from personal experience, this is obviously going to depend upon your category and your product, but just like a blanket statement here, like typically what I've seen, at least for my products in my niche, that once you hit about 50 reviews to 100 reviews, there's kind of like, it's kind of like a tipping point where once you hit that point, um, things really start to take off with the product, with the rank and the conversion rates and stuff like that. And the snowball effect takes them, you know, kind of gets gets moving there. So I guess if you really want to go fast, try to get to that, you know, 50 to 100 review mark, hopefully high quality four and five star reviews, try to get there as fast as possible, because that um, if you have an optimized listing, that's going to just be a big snowball for your for your sales and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I helped you out there. If not, uh, fire away in the Facebook group. And finally, last but not least, um, I wanted to share some general thoughts with you guys that will hopefully help a lot of you uh, newbie beginners getting involved in this private label space on Amazon and Amazon FBA and all that stuff. Um, Because I think this is going to be really important what I'm about to share. So naturally, you want to get involved in this type of space. What do you start doing? You start consuming tons of content, right? You haven't launched a product yet or anything like that. You're kind of kicking tires. And uh, what I see a lot of times is I'll see people or hear people say that, you know, I, oh, I listened to 70 episodes of this particular podcast. I'm almost through all of them. Or I watched 94 YouTube videos by this guy or whatever, fill in the blank. And people oftentimes um, think that consuming content is taking action. And I don't see it that way. Um, I would like to give you a little bit of advice. So, 
if you think, oh, I need to know there, I need to know everything there is to know about how to do Amazon private label before I take my first actual action. And that's definitely the wrong way to look at things, okay? So it's like going through an entire training course that maybe you spent hundreds of, or if not thousands of dollars on, and then uh, weeks later, finally taking the first actual step of like figuring out what kind of product you wanna sell or, um, you know, talking to suppliers, stuff like that. So here's a little bit of advice. Take things in bite sizes. So if you consume podcast episodes, YouTube videos, blogs, whatever type of content you're consuming, um, my recommendation is that after you consume that piece of information, uh, take the actions that were directed in there, or if there, you know, hopefully there were some directions in there or some learnings. So don't necessarily get caught in the mix of, oh, like I consumed nine months worth of content now. Now I got to get started looking for a product. That is definitely the wrong way of doing it. Um, far often I see people that will like, before they even have a product launch, before they even start talking to suppliers, they're like diving into Amazon pay-per-click, like how do I do that? And all this irrelevant stuff. And all they're really doing is delaying, but yet in their mind, they're thinking that they're taking action. And again, I don't see consuming content as taking any sort of action, at least not in my world. So it's kind of like the person that reads a hundred help, like self-help books as an example, um, and just keeps consuming all this content, but they don't actually do anything that uh, the books are teaching them. But yet in their mind, they're thinking, oh, they're taking all this action and they're improving their lives and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you read a book and it gives you two or three pieces of action to do, well, when you're done reading the book, take those actions and then try to master those actions before you go on to the next book. So my thoughts are, you're just getting started in this. You haven't even figured out what kind of product you want. You haven't even talked to a supplier yet. Don't cons consume 90 podcast episodes, okay? You're just going to overwhelm yourself and you're just going to delay uh, what needs to get done. So that's the first step typically, like figuring out what kind of product you want to sell and then start talking to suppliers. Like those are the main things, the first steps for anybody. So consume the content, videos, podcasts, blog posts, webinars, whatever, on those specific topics. Before you go on to anything else, before you go on to any of the other steps, take the actions necessary. So take it in smaller bite sizes. And who cares if you don't know about uh, listing optimization or indexing or email lists and all this stuff. It, that stuff is completely irrelevant to you at this point. So only focus on what's in front of you. So again, um, don't consume so much content and then not take action on it until you know nine months later. So hopefully that makes sense. I just see that mistake over and over and over in this world and it kind of drives me nuts. So I just, I thought I would mention that. Hopefully that makes sense and hopefully uh, you, know, you got kind of a, an eye opening there because again, I do see people all the time saying, hey, I've been listening to this podcast for a year and a half and now I'm going to start looking for my first product. And I'm like, no, you're, you're wasting lots of time. Like the, the time to get into this world is now, like yesterday, like do it already. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to screw up because you're going to screw up royally along the way, somewhere along the way. And it's okay. That's totally fine. We all do. So don't worry about that. So hopefully that makes sense, guys. And um, yeah, that's going to about do it. I thank you guys for listening and make sure again you guys get registered for that free training for selling in Amazon Europe. Again, that's at privatelabelershow.com forward slash Europe. Make sure you get registered to attend some of those free online training events. I look forward to seeing you guys there and check you later. Bye.